welcome to the Being Civil podcast with me, Wayne Gibbons. In this episode, I get to catch up with Simon McCarthy. Simon is currently working as a site engineer for JJ Ratigans. Now, JJ Ratigans will be well known to people around Galway as they've been responsible for many of the landmark projects in the area. But Simon is working on one of their projects in Dublin at the moment, where he's responsible for setting out coordination, planning and technical support. One of the things that comes out very strongly in the conversation with Simon is the value he places on human interactions and the fact that being a site engineer allows him to have a hands-on element in his professional career so far. And I think you'll, you'll hear his passion for that side of the job coming across very well in the conversation that I have with him. I'll be back at the end for a bit of a wrap-up, but in the meantime, enjoy me being civil with Simon McCarthy. Simon, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for agreeing to take part. No problem, Wayne. Thanks very much for having me. And it's, it's always good to catch up with people, and uh, I, I have fond memories of your class, so uh, it's nice to catch up with you. Um, Simon, I'm going to start off with an easy question for you. Would you be able to tell me again, when did you graduate from GMIT, and what happened directly after that for you? Uh, well, when I, gradu- I graduated four years ago, um, uh, or sorry, three years ago in 2017, and I never thought it would end, but I'm almost, I'm nearly, like, now it's been three years, I'm nearly as long qualified as I was studying in GMIT, so it does come to an end, but, um, so after that, actually, I remember we did our uh, final exam on a Thursday, and I actually flew to England the following Tuesday, and spent a couple of, day, a couple of days there, and uh started work shortly after a number of days after so um it wasn't long after final exam i was already working away in the industry very good yeah was that some was that a company that you had uh, kind of made an arrangement with before you graduated yeah well see i was really keen to start working and i'd say from the november previous like the november of fourth year i was throwing out cvs uh getting on to contractors uh, as many as I could, just I was mad to get something ready to rock. And uh, I didn't need to be even that. I didn't need to force it as much as I was because I didn't actually get much joy or not too many people were contacting me back until later on in the academic year. But anyway, I did a number of interviews and actually probably before our exam started, I got through an agency contacted me and um, did an interview in Galway. And yeah, so I had that organized already. I actually said to him, he says, what day are you looking to come over? And I said, I wasn't sure. Next thing, a couple of days later, they'd sent me an offer and said I was working on such a day and I just went with it. I didn't really overthink it. But uh, yeah, so I went, ended up working for FriendCon in London um, as a site clerk or assistant site manager also. Right. And uh, God, it's great to have a bit of work like that in the bag before you've even finished your exams. Like, I, like it's a nice situation to be in, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it, it was great um, peace of mind as well, like, because obviously you have the, the pressure and the stress that people put on themselves for just to, just to get exams done and to be studying and all that carry on that goes on with, uh, that comes hand in hand with college. But just to have, I suppose, work lined up too, it was one thing I hadn't to worry about. 
Um, so yeah, that was a great benefit, and as well, it was it was great to. Uh, not, I wasn't even quite, I hadn't even finished my exams and people wanted me to work with them already. It was just a sign that, you know, uh, civil engineers were kind of in demand and it was, that was a nice feeling too. I remember t- uh, telling people about it and they said, well, like they were talking about the construction industry and saying how it's great to have an engineering degree, potentially an engineering degree that is something that is really in demand and it's great to be qualified in something that's in demand, you know what I'm trying to say? I do, I do indeed, yeah. And would you say now in the three years that you've been out that that has kind of stayed the same or has demand gone up or down for graduates? Um, well, I suppose one way I could put it is that I've never heard of anyone having any trouble getting work. Um, is the demand there? Yeah, 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 there, it is, yeah. And like that, it's not just in Ireland. You could, especially when I was in England, like, I could get work maybe if I was on one week, if I was not happy with something, I could be in a new job the following Monday. Um, so yeah, there is demand there. Um, people are always looking for engineers. They're so important. Um, that's just the way it is at the moment. It's great. Yeah, well, it is great. Yeah, I, I can remember a time, it's a long time ago now, but shortly after I graduated, it was a little bit like that as well. It was kind of Celtic Tiger times. And just like that, you could pick and choose your job. Um, you know, you could finish up on a Thursday and Friday and you could be in a different site on the, on the Monday if they offered you more money or whatever. But I always found there was a bit of a risk to that. I, I was kind of glad that I had a bit of experience before that madness came because I, I kind of thought, well, if I, if I can shift jobs that quickly, you know, it's not going to look good, look good on my CV either, like to be jumping around from one place to the next. So I think it's nice to be able to do that, but it's probably good to have a bit of stability as well when you're, especially when you're starting out, I suppose, you know. But just to, just to add on that, Wayne, um, it's exactly like what happened to me. You know, I, I said, I mentioned I worked with um, Francon, you know, in, 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 in England, and they were a great company. And but my problem with them was, long story short, I was an assistant site manager and I was an engineer. I actually rang you about years ago. I don't know if you recall, but um, I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure was it too much management, too much engineering. But to get back to your point about changing jobs, I, I think over 18 months I worked for three different companies and I was very worried about the fact that if I, when I came home to Ireland or whatever it may be, that my CV would have three different company names and one might say six months experience or the other might say a year or whatever. But like that, we're, you're spoiled for a choice, but it, it, it is a problem for some people. I did, some people did bring it up when I came home. This, uh, some companies did say, oh, well, um, Jez, you, you didn't stay terrible long at that company and they might be thinking, what was the problem? And um, that's one side of it. But the other side of it too, one thing I do like, I did like about it was that I've, I've seen different ways that different companies do things. And then when you go to one company and see that they're doing something in such a way, you might say, oh, we did it with, I did it with the old company and thought that's a better way of doing it. So you can, it, it, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, you can also learn different things from different people and apply them in other places. And that's one positive I got from it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely positives that you can, you can, um, Put on it, yeah, definitely. And it sounds like it's worked out for you anyway. 
Um, and, and it did for me as well, but it's just when you're, st I just be kind of conscious when you're starting out, it, it is something that can come up at interview, like, just like you said, it did for you, but you obviously had an answer for it. So you were able to, to explain it. Um, just, just want to ask you there, you, you seemed very determined to kind of go onto sites when you were looking for uh, your job when you were fourth year. But what was it about the site end of it that attracted you more than say the design office? Okay, well, when when we did our placement years ago in GMIT, uh, majority, like, as you know, I come from Westmead in the Midlands, and you, in order to get work on site, you would have had to commute it to Galway or Dublin or gone somewhere like that, and some guys went to England or whatever, but I decided I was going to stay local, and I ended up with a consultant. Now, the consultant was great. It was a very small company, and I learned a lot there. But I come from a background, especially that, like, my, my father is a, is a carpenter, and I spent a long time laboring when I was a young lad. And like I said, the reason I went into the, into the consultancy was more, more for handiness sake. Now, that's maybe not the best thing to say because it was my placement. That's terribly important for college. But I wanted to try that as well, and there was a lot of positives to it. But... To tell you why you went on site was the main reason for that is because I've a background in being on a building site and being outdoors. And when you're as a site engineer, like one of the great things about it is you can like you get to go out into the field and it's a uh, most engineering jobs, site engineering jobs, they're a good mix of being in the office and field work. So I was getting my sort of fix a field work that I was used to or being outside or being on the tools that I was used to and grew up alongside it and there was a mix of the the technical end of it that a lot of it that was uh, taught to us in college and it's nice to get your hands on the project see what's going on. So Simon what was it that made you pick civil engineering as your choice in third level then? Um, if I was being totally honest like this is, I'm going to mention my background of uh, labour and I suppose on site and tradesman end of it. I was probably leaning towards the trade when I was finishing school, but the thing being, I did my leaving in 2010. Recession meant doing a trade was like, it was, you were, it was a bad idea and no one, no one really encouraged anyone to do trades. Um, students were normally encouraged to go to college and study, like, we studied a lot of us. A lot of us were encouraged to study IT, and I like even the fact that I knew obviously firsthand how badly things were, especially in construction. I blindly went into the idea that I had to go with IT or whatever, uh, and I did a course in Dublin for a while. And after failing it miserably, I learned like I learned from some older guys that I like played sport with or as I was working with in part-time jobs that. You really won't get on unless you do something you have unless you have a real appreciation for it so i kind of compromised that fair enough i couldn't do a trade but construction was kind of what was always for me so i decided i decided the best investment i could make at the time was while we were we were in recession you know to be studying so study civil engineer study civil engineering it was an industry i wanted to be in and like I said, I would be in college studying while the industry had a chance to recover. So I was kind of getting the best, making the best I could out of 
the situation at the time. And that kind of is tying in also with why I ended up on site as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think it, it, it definitely sounds like uh, the course of civil engineering is something that suited you because it has that mix of practical and uh, the outdoors as well, you know, as well as the obviously just technical and there's a bit of maths in it and, and can't underplay that side of it. But it sounded like it, it really kind of suited your your kind of aptitudes and your the things you liked, you know, which is great. I mean, I think it's fantastic if, if a student can find something that they like and it sounds like Sounds like you did, which is great, great to hear. Um, you mentioned that you were in, in London for a little while and uh, I, I know you're back, you're back in Ireland now. So can you maybe tell us a little bit of what you're currently working on and maybe what a typical day is like for you at the moment? Let's see. So at the moment I'm working in Dublin, uh, just south of Liffey city centre near Stephen's Green. It's a job called, uh, it's on Ship Street, One Lepole Square. It involves a mixture of commercial and office uses. Um, there's other facilities going to be in it, like cafes, cultural spaces, and uh, public landscaped areas. But it's um, actually, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was on the news a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was an archaeological dig. Uh, it's still going on at the moment. Um, but it's actually the deepest archaeological dig in Dublin's history. Uh, they're finding all sorts of um, ruins from the Vikings, and um, they uncovered some of the old, obviously the old Dublin landscape. So that was on the news a couple of weeks ago. But that's just to kind of give you an idea. That's kind of what we're at at the moment. Um, it's a big concrete frame structure. Uh, and at the moment, we're just digging the second level of a basement. So it's very much early on, early days. I've only been there a couple of weeks, but it's um, it's the first big job I've been on actually since I came home. And sometimes big jobs they can be they're a bit more challenging and it's a bit it's a bit better crack if that makes sense. Um, there's more going on. Yeah, that that makes sense. I I I, I can definitely. Uh... I can definitely understand where you're coming from with that. It's nice to have a, a kind of a busy day, really. And what, would you describe your role there now as um, site engineer or site agent, or what, what's what's your title and what's what's your kind of day to day role on, on that job? Well, my day to day role has probably it's probably a bit more like what I was years ago in that. I'm doing doing a lot of setting out at the moment and I don't mind that at all but it's kind of some people will say and I've met them people will say it's it's not uh some people will they'll say oh, that's beneath them you know setting out is for the graduate or the junior engineer or you know but I'm happy enough to do it sometimes on jobs there's like the job I'm at the moment there will be a lot of personnel on it and people assigned to do things like i suppose when i was on smaller jobs i was looking after qa quality i was um dealing with liaising with subbies and helping out with setting out but at the moment there's probably two people to do every one of them jobs so a typical day at the moment is i'll arrive in dublin and normally liaise with my senior engineer and foreman and we'll talk about what's going on during throughout the day and normally last couple of weeks it's very much 
what do they need set out, making sure everything is, whatever we're working on today is going to be executed as per drawings, looking ahead, making sure drawings are going to be, it's going to be correct, making sure everything is working. And a lot of the time too, if you're going to be setting out something the following day, it's a case of in the evening times, you're looking at, um, you're looking at drawings for the following day. But at the moment, we're, I'm in a lot of meetings as well. And while I haven't a whole lot to contribute at the moment because I'm only there a week or two, um, there's work being delegated to me. I'm going to be getting trained up in um, temporary works design and temporary work schedules, which is all stuff I'm looking forward to. The more training I get, the better. And uh, so it's going to be changing. and. It always has been changing over the last couple of years. What your day-to-day routine is like, it's not going to be the same. One week it might be, you might be doing setting out and then the following week someone might, someone might come in, they might get someone in, else in doing the setting out and they'll say, right, Simon, you're on quality now for the next couple of weeks or we'll train you up to do this or you'll be shadowing the senior engineer. So at the moment, it's very much like I said, doing a lot of setting out and it's great and I'm enjoying it. I'm outside. I wish the weather would pick up a bit, but it's... Uh, it's great to be outside. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know the weather is one of those things where setting out and site engineering, it can be the best job in the world if the weather is good and it can be horrendous if you have to bring a shovel to get rid of the snow just to drive a few pegs into the ground. Yeah. I've uh, been there, I've been there, so I, I know, I, know <laughs> I feel your pain, but on a nice day, it's, it's great to be outside for a bit of fresh air, for sure. And with, oh, the, quali- is, yeah. with the quality control then, I suppose, especially if you're, if you're doing concrete frame, is that precast or is it um in situ concrete okay well at the moment it's 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 um it's uh, in situ but i was very heavily involved in in quality in i before i was in dublin i was in at Lone first of all doing a secondary school and in mullingar doing a secondary school because ratigan's got three jobs they got mullingar at Lone, and Athenry and the three of them were rapid build schools. So they did them all in precast. Now I'd never seen precast before. So it that was a change and something new, but um I there's not as much they're they're not as high uh, as big a building, to put it simply. So as far as setting out goes, there wasn't much to be done. And that's why I was getting I was sort of tying in doing the quality and I ended up doing a lot of it by the end of both jobs. But I was doing quality and not just the structure, but I'd be doing it on finishes. And like, I mean, they're using BIM field. I don't know if you're familiar with Autodesk's BIM, uh, BIM 360, but using BIM field, Ratigans use it. And they have a check sheet for everything. Quality for, if, if it's going on in a building site, you name it, whatever it is, they have a, they have a check sheet for it. And, um, we, so I don't even know where to start when it comes to telling you about what checks I was doing or what inspections I was doing. So but, I, can, um, I, can, I can imagine there's, it's a massive list and then moving into in situ brings a lot of different kind of uh, things to look for as well with cover and placement of steel and the quality of the shuttering. And I suppose it's kind of, it goes back to what you were saying earlier that every day can be varied and maybe a little bit different that every job can be different too that even the quality control on different jobs is not going to be the same uh, every oh yeah, time. yeah 
And um, like even something I've learned, like I had a great senior engineer in, in, uh, on a job there recently and I learned a lot from him. And he told me, he says, like, you have to take every, every job on its own merits because a lot of times you hear people say, oh, well, we did this and that's and right, or we did this and Mullingar or whatever. But like, that, that's fine and it might work, but you've got, there's so many variables, like you've got different clients and you've got, you might even have the same company as your client, but the guy coming onto site to do the checks might just be a different person and he'll have his own way of doing it. So like you have to, like the, the key is to take every job, in my opinion, on its own merits because like that there's way too many variables like absolutely yeah yeah and i suppose when you're dealing with different people uh, people skills kind of comes into it too because like you will have technical standards that you have to adhere to but just like you said if you've got a particular person coming on site to do the inspection you're now two human beings that have to get on with each other and not so much negotiate uh, the standard is the standard but you know tease things out and, and find a way that everyone's going to be happy Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Looking back then, um, Simon, what do you think was the most important thing you learned in GMIT for your career so far? All the technical skills I learned in GMIT were useful, as in, like, they've been applied, I applied them most days. And even going back to the consultancy I mentioned, like, I used, now I didn't go into, I have to admit, I didn't use loads of Revit or Civil 3D or anything like that, but as far as AutoCAD goes, like, they they couldn't, they couldn't believe how competent I was at AutoCAD and I was just as competent as anyone else in my class, you know? Uh, so that's talking about that. But then going to surveying, right? I've spoken to, obviously I've met engineers who've gone to colleges all over the country, all over the world. And none of them have, some people have, I asked them, have they seen a total station before? And they'd be like, oh, I've seen a picture of it. Or, or the lecturer brought it in, the lecturer brought it into the classroom that one day and we've seen it. But, like we'd been using it since what second year right through till the rest for the rest of our the rest of the course. So having that was great starting point. But then other things we did in fourth year, like project management, things like that. Even things we did in the integrated project years ago, I can see all that being applied by sort of the higher management than me on site. I can see it. it's all going to be applicable. And now, obviously, you being GMIT and myself as well, you might be biased, but I've met loads of people saying to me, oh, geez, we did loads of stuff in college and it wasn't applicable and uh, forget all of it. But I have to be totally honest and say that that's not true at all. I'd say that everything, very much everything I've seen in GMIT, I can see how it's applied uh, in, in, the, in the real world, if you like, or in, in, in the industry. and the CAD with the consultancy, the setting out and surveying with the site with the site engineer and even the project manager in the future is just I can it's just to name a few, you know. Even procurement, I'm, like people they look talking to QSs and all I hear QS is talking about, it sounds just like being in the um procurement lectures years ago. Yeah, that's it's interesting how you mentioned the project management and the procurement there, because I suppose traditionally uh, it's not even traditionally, but I suppose I've observed over the years that uh, engineering students wouldn't necessarily prioritize those modules when you're in class. But now that you're kind of out of classes, you're beginning to see the, the value of them, I think, are you? Yeah, well, 
it's inevitable that's where you're going to go well when i say inevitable it is if you if you want to progress you have to go that way that's the way it goes you go like a senior engineer essentially is is his he he really is what he's doing is he's managing engineers now of course there will be he might have some extra technical stuff but his in my in my opinion his key role is to manage a team of site engineers so it doesn't get more straightforward than that and um, you know they'll be managing subbies if anyone it's a real sign of progression i think um so people maybe when they're in college will say oh i'm an engineer not construction manager you know let's sort of carry on but it's uh it does come become apparent and like even some of the guys that are in my class they're all I, I think three or four of them now are project managers in england and it's like that is the natural progression yeah i, I think you're right I, I remember that even from my days um after after college as well it, it is kind of nat- the natural progression you're kind of graduate engineer site engineer senior engineer and and different companies call it different things but when I was working it was uh, site agent was the next step and site agent was one level below site manager you know um, yeah and, and some of the best managers I worked with had an engineering background now having said that I met some I met some site managers who had a trades background and they were excellent as well so yeah. it's just you just never know but it, it is I think a kind of a progression that happens I think you've identified it fairly clearly there um, well, can I just add something? Sorry, Wayne. Just, yeah, um, go, go ahead, of course. Yeah. One thing is, um, like going back to how I started off, um, like I said, a site clerk, assistant site manager. My problem with that at the time was I felt not only did I want to do my engineering and maybe was a bit stubborn about that, but I felt that I had missed a step. Now, some people maybe would be able to uh, handle it or cope better, I suppose, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to do my engineering and do my setting out and be there and actually be right in and in on top of it. Because for me, seeing it is learning it and knowing it. And I was going to be more comfortable moving into a management position later on down, down the line. Once I had that done, I felt I would have my time served, if you like. So that's why that's, that's just building on what I'm saying or what you were saying about how some of the, some of the, better site managers are saying we're coming from engineering backgrounds because I think that does help. I think it helps to be in amongst it all. And while you're not every day swinging a hammer or putting up shutters or strike, striking farm work, you're, you're as close as you're going to get to being in, in the thick of it. And I think that really does help when it comes to management later down the line, if that's the way you go. Absolutely. I, I'd agree with that 100%. Yeah, because you need, when you get to the stage of being a manager, you need to have an appreciation of what the guys are doing that, that you're asking them to do, you know, and once you have that little bit of knowledge about what they're, what they're supposed to be doing, you can, you can kind of just get on with them, I suppose. And it's, it's really all about getting on with people when it comes down to it, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's the only way anything will work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just kind of relating to that and thinking back a little bit about the uh, time you were in college, would you have any advice or tips for our current students? Um, would I have any advice for them uh, for their, during, during college? Is, is that what you're looking for? Oh, during college or when they're planning their, 
Well, I was going to say when they're planning their graduation, but I don't mean when they're when they're planning the night out after their graduation. <laughs> what, what, what I mean is when they're planning what happens next after they graduate. <laughs> yeah, well, um, if I would have any advice or tips for students, I'd say like, don't be afraid to talk to lecturers or to people like me, those who've graduated before you, because I I do laugh about the things the things that I remember people saying in college to me even I remember uh, being told in a concrete lab it wasn't it wasn't yourself who said it, it was someone else but they said never make assumptions and things like that are standing to me every day it just um, never make assumptions he said and he's he he had so many good phrases and things I remember but my point is that you get talking to these people and they will say things that you'll remember a lot longer than you might sitting into in a lecture and they'll be able to break it down to you in a bit more in a, in a kind of a human way and kind of a, a way of saying look i've i've been there and i've messed up and i'm going to explain to you now how to how, how to get through it you know i'd say early in your career be 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 open to working maybe abroad or somewhere around the country to get experience meeting different kinds of people because you will make, meet great people and great characters and people you will learn from. The very same as your, your lecturers, like I mentioned, that how you can speak to them. You'll meet different people who teach you different ways of doing, doing the things you already know how to do. And it's great to have that broader sort of view on things. And like, I know I'm saying I'm, I went abroad and you hear that all broken record, everyone's saying, oh, I was in Australia for 10 years, recommend everyone go. But maybe not go, maybe not, maybe not go to Australia or England or ever, but just be open to just opportunities, whether they be maybe across the country or something a little bit outside your comfort zone. I think that's, that's a super advice, yeah. And do you think that civil engineering as a career gives you those opportunities maybe more than different type of career oh yeah well the thing about engineering is like i think it's i think it's known as the the broadest discipline of engineering that there is so you're talking about can you go abroad or can you go here or can you go there you can go wherever you want doing so many different things like i'm uh, as, a, as we know i'm a site engineer now but i could be so many different things you could be Work, if you wanted to work for your local county council, you could be working on roads, you could be working on housing, you could be working on uh, doing drawings, you could be working uh, on wastewater treatment plants. There's just, it just all goes down to, it's, it's all thanks to the fact that civil engineering is so broad. But as well as that, when you're qualified and have your papers, you can go internationally and you'll be seen as someone who is sort of, sought out and looked for uh, across the world, which is great. It's, it's, not, it's not something that everybody can do. So it is, it is a really good investment in yourself. Very good, yeah, that's, that's a great answer. I think you've kind of hit on a couple of things there about the variety of where you could end up, you know, the opportunities that it gives. So we're nearly there, Simon. Uh, last question, and I saved the biggest one for last. What? do you think is the best thing about being a civil engineer? As a civil engineer, there's, it, there's fantastic opportunities, like we mentioned, 
working internationally as an essential member of the community like you there's respectable salaries and opportunities to progress for whoever wants to you can work in the field or it can be office based like that's the broadest engineering discipline I already mentioned that but I think the best thing about being a civil engineer is the people I've met the great interest in people I've met on site and how much I've learned from them and you will learn so much in college and it's all like I said very applicable but the people I've met and the friends I've met for life is great and it's and the fulfillment I get with working with them people and and getting and getting jobs completed and over the line and the 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 fulfillment of it all is 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 my favorite thing about being a civil engineer well simon that's a that's a fantastic answer it's it's great to uh, i think it's fantastic to have somebody like yourself who has a kind of a, I don't mean sound soppy now, but it's definitely a kind of an emotional response to a career that you get fulfillment from it. I mean, that's a fantastic, uh, that's a fantastic result to get. So uh, that's yeah. a great answer. That's a great answer. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Thanks very much, Ryan. Um, so Simon, if people want to get in touch with you to maybe ask you a bit more about what you said, how can, how can the listeners contact you? The the best way is probably to contact me uh, through my LinkedIn. People can write me a message if they sign. Um, uh, I suppose if you search for Simon McCarthy, you'll find uh, myself. Or you can throw me an email at simonmccarthy8 at hotmail.com. And uh, I'd be happy to uh, have a chat, for, chat with whoever it is that's looking for it. Uh, that's great, Simon. Well, hopefully you'll get a couple of people getting in touch because it sounds like you have a lot of experience that people can learn from, even though, as you said, you've only been out for, for three years. It sounds like you've done a lot and uh, it sounds like your career path is, is definitely heading in the right direction. So it's been lovely to catch up with you and thanks very much for agreeing to take part in the, in the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Simon. No problem, Wayne. Really enjoyed it. Well, there you have it. That's Simon McCarthy. I really enjoyed talking to Simon and a lot of what he said resonated with me because my background is in site engineering as well. So a lot of it made sense and it was very familiar to me, particularly when he was talking about the progression from site engineering into management. And he spoke about the importance and the value of being on the tools first before you move into management so that you have that appreciation of how jobs really get done on the ground and I think that's that's a great observation of his it's something that I would remind graduates that you know don't be afraid of being on the tools for a while even if you intend on moving into management another thing that I thought was very very valuable from the conversation was that Simon places a huge emphasis on having conversations with people and the human interactions that we all learn from and he gave an example of a lecturer talking about their experience in the concrete lab and the students learning from that by asking questions so I think the whole idea of just asking a question and learning from the response and having a conversation with people who are maybe experts in the field or are maybe people who have made mistakes and have learned from those all of that comes out in a conversation so don't be afraid to ask questions 
That's just about it for this episode, except to remind you that if you want to take part or if you want to nominate somebody to take part in the podcast, the easiest way to reach out to me is via email to wayne.gibbons at gmit.ie. Until next time, stay safe.